Dear listener, welcome to the Sincerely Us podcast, where five friends discuss various topics from singleness to motherhood to simply trying to make sense of this messy life we get to live. In each episode, we chat about your letters. We're in this together and want you to be a part of the journey. Consider us pen pals. So please write to us at sincerelyuspodcast at gmail.com. Until then, enjoy today's conversation. Sincerely, us. Welcome to the Sincerely Us podcast, where we invite you into our conversations. Um, today, we are all together, all five of us, Libby, Jelly, Leslie, Sarah, and Cassie. Um, we are here to talk about a letter that was sent to us right after this listener listened to our episode that's titled, So You Think You're Pretty. Um, I'm going to read the letter. It's from Jocelyn from Ohio. Well, I'm from Florida now. Um, and this is a tough topic. So... I'm excited and also intrigued to hear what my other friends have to say. Um, And I hope that this is a conversation that blesses our listeners. So this is from Jocelyn. Growing up with two younger brothers that were super skinny, no matter how many times a week they got Happy Meals, gas station king sizes, or boxes of Little Debbie's, I was always the chunky kid. My mom started making me order side salads at fast food places. Dad said no to the candy. I was reminded how bad it for me the Swiss cake rolls are, that chips and dip are basically eating cups of fat. Not that my parents were wrong, but I strongly feel like they could have approached the situation differently. I was about seven or eight. Middle school found me as the awkward preteen teen with glasses, NBD. I played volleyball and basketball with my friends, even went out for track. Mentally, I regarded myself as the fat kid. Looking back, I wasn't the fastest, but I definitely wasn't fat. Those early situations shaped how I saw myself through high school and even into college. That's a lot of backtracking, even after finding Jesus. Believing his words and thoughts about me was so hard, especially when no one in my life even approached a different thought pattern with me. No Sunday school teachers, older youth groupers, aunts, friends, friends' moms. It was just was. My youngest brother is pretty mean. We don't really have a relationship to this day. Among the countless insults that became a way of life, one specifically cut me really deep. We were in the family room one night with our parents, and he said, if Justin, who was a pretty serious boyfriend at the time, dumped you, nobody's ever going to date you. I thought you were a lesbian anyway. My parents just sat there and brushed it off. They said, sack, and moved on. Ouch. Still stings, even as I listen to my husband and I's precious little girl babble from her crib. Ugh, it's so hard. Believing Jesus' truths mm. and buying into them after the scars. Hashtag daily trying. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, it's so tough. So tough and so real. First of all, Jocelyn, um, thank you mm-hmm. for being so freaking brave and vulnerable mm-hmm. with this letter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah, that's not so easy. Sure. No. No. Um, and you you didn't even want to remain anonymous, which not that if you were to have chosen to to not give your name, that that would be any less brave. But I just feel like I feel like it's almost freeing to say, yeah, this happened to me and I'm admitting it and I I don't want to like cover up the shame anymore. I don't want to hide behind it. Like I just want to I just I'm really impressed by you, girl. So that's really awesome. <clears throat> I feel like I just need to take a minute to soak it in because I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm certain 
that even though we all have different stories and have gone through totally different things, I think we can all relate to that feeling of just being, I mean, like what I'm hearing is I was known for something that wasn't really me. Mm -hmm. And that's how people identified me. And not just that, but like something that was seen as negative. Mm -hmm. I think the thing that sticks out to me first and foremost is like this idea that it's it's so real that like okay I at least what I'm hearing is like I have the husband I have the kid like I have the things I dreamed of and still this cuts me deep mm-hmm. and that's just mm-hmm. so real <clears throat> like there's things that yes. people have said years and years ago and no matter how much you know it's not true it's really hard to feel that Mm. yeah mm-hmm. it just makes me think of like all the situations um abusive relationships that I've been in where the words that were said to me still linger mm-hmm. the name calling mm-hmm. and you know the emotional mm-hmm. abuse and all of that like it's why I'm still in trauma counseling to this day, even though I'm married and have a kid, it's like, mm-hmm. it doesn't just go away. Yeah. And it's almost like it is like, even though you've been out of that situation for a long time, it's still part of your identity in a sense. Yeah. Like I was thinking about it the other day. I don't think any of our listeners know this, but I was a homeschooled kid and just like, not like huge bullying, but I felt like my whole life I was just regarded as this like sheltered, like naive little kid. And I have been out of that. I mean, I graduated in 2008. So it's been over 10 years and I still regard myself that way. And I have to like remind myself that first of all, that was a label that other people put on me. And second, I've grown so much since then, you know? It's a great example. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I mean, how does it feel when somebody treats you that way now? I feel like I revert back to that, like, child, like, and I I feel those same feelings. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to dig a little deeper. What are those feelings that you're referring to? Okay. Um feeling like I'm like different from everybody else like I've like missed out on something um Mm. like feeling stupid I don't know like I'm not I feel like this is I don't know how to explain it better but like I'm like not the cool kid you know like I'm the nerdy little Mm. geek who is at home you know what I mean yeah I mean it it sounds isolating to me oh totally it's so funny what words can do. <laughs> Not funny, but oh like, my gosh. yeah, I mean, like how powerful is that when like all it takes is even just like a look from somebody or mm-hmm. body language mm-hmm. um, or, you know, a word, um, something that somebody says mm-hmm. to you that immediately mm-hmm. takes you back to that like 12 year old girl. I think it also has a lot to do with like your personality and the way that you handle things because um, 
I listen to Rachel Hollis, like her podcast or her documentary, and I hear her say, like, the difference between me and other people is that, like, I didn't take no for an answer. And I so envy mm-hmm. that attitude because I feel like if somebody even hints that I'm not perfect at something, I'm like, well, guess I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, then you're left mm-hmm. with not like you're literally left with nothing, which is why I'm now 30 and trying to figure out what I like mm-hmm. to do and what I'm good at because you have nothing left after a couple decades of taking every single criticism mm-hmm. seriously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which also makes parenting awesome yeah right i didn't do that well then yeah. i guess we're just gonna <laughs> start over with different kids <laughs> it's rude <laughs> <laughs> oh wait man i'm thinking also hmm. about leslie what Jocelyn. up oh oh go hmm. ahead i was just gonna ask leslie about about this because i feel like you have a similar story like like different but just in the way that like similar to Cass like you were kind of treated a certain way mm-hmm. when you were younger and how it's like lingered mm-hmm. um I need a minute to think I'm like I'm trying uh I'm actually like totally blanking for some reason I'm I think in my head I'm really stuck on the like feeling overweight and the whole being overweight thing because I've seen that actually with mm-hmm. other family members, but I obviously mm-hmm. don't want to tell their stories. Um, and so I yeah. think I'm just stuck right now and like how to relate and not get too far away from like the meat of what this is. You know what I'm saying? Well, like last night you were talking about mm-hmm. um, how words that teachers said mm-hmm. um, led you to believe like you're yeah. not smart. And, like, to this day, like, in our daily conversations on Marco Polo, you still struggle. Yeah, yeah I guess I wasn't really considering that um, as, like, mm-hmm. being similar enough to this. But I suppose I suppose it is. Um, it's funny. There it is, like, me thinking, like, this isn't good enough. <laughs> like, my story's not good enough yeah. to, like. <laughs> so wow. it's, just, it's just, it's so deep for me. But, mm-hmm. yeah, for me, it's an intelligence thing. Um, I just experienced a lot of not enough I've, enough bullying from like uh, authority authoritative figures um to wow. lead me to believe that this mistreatment mean meant that I was stupid um and that those words from those authority figures and even peers um were correct and and I started to live my life in a way that like led me um to believe that about myself and so um, it's definitely a new thing for me that I'm only recently starting to um, just realize my value and my worth and um, that those aren't true, that there are other things that are true, truer about me, that um, mm-hmm. in fact, I'm not stupid. Like I'm, a, I'm, I'm the smartest person ever. No, I, I'm very, <laughs> I, you know, I love myself and, um, and I'm just learning to accept myself now, but yeah, man. You're not like, you are very intelligent. I'm just going to say the sentence. <laughs> well, it's just it's so those those younger years are so pivotal, and it breaks my heart. Um, you know, when I when I think about these stories and I look at my children and like, how can I stop these things from happening? And mm-hmm. the best thing mm-hmm. we can do for those of us who have just lived through it and there's no going back and there's no rewriting the past is to just um, 
learn from that and 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 grow into who we want to be and and mm-hmm. learn who we really truly are and ask mm. ourselves questions and um you know practice the process of inquiry you know mm-hmm. there's something that i noticed when you started talking leslie that i don't know if this is getting too far off track but i also notice that um sometimes people it's almost like reverse bullying but it's still bullying is you were hesitant to speak what your struggle was because i think partially because you are physically beautiful and Mm. physically in shape and i think that society tells people who are beautiful on the outside that they're not allowed to have any internal struggles that those struggles mm. aren't, they don't matter because at least you're pretty. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Dude, well. Yep. First of all, thanks for that compliment. That's really kind. And that is actually been such like a push and pull topic. Um, like my beauty mm-hmm. um, or not enough beauty or not at all. Or someone once told me that I look like an armadillo. And for some reason, what the f- what? It's really, really funny, but that stuck with me. And I'm like, so wait, am I pretty or do I look like a freaking armadillo? Like what? <laughs> and so, <laughs> so, and and then also feeling like, like okay, like when I am feeling really beautiful and I do look good and my skin's really good. I know the armadillo thing. Um, I can't get over it. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's the worst, and it's so not true. I'm so sorry. What the hell? No, but like, so what I'm saying is. So I feel like I'm not allowed to. So it's like I'm not, I want to be mm-hmm. beautiful, and people are like, "You are beautiful," but then it's like, okay, if you embrace it, then suddenly I'm uh, like, I'm now. I mean, we talked about this in one of our previous episodes, like, "Oh, so you think you're pretty?" Episode, but um, it's I'm just I'm I even to this day feel confused at like what I'm allowed allowed to feel about yeah. myself. But I know saying it's that out loud, it's tr- like what the truth is. Like I can feel however I want to feel about myself, and um without any regard of what anyone else thinks about me. So it's just hard to like fit into that mentality after all of these years of being trained and taught and even looking at our society and the way we, we look at we're, the way we think we're supposed to be. Um, it's just, it's hard to f- fall in line with what you. Dude, yep. Uh, I'm reading this book right now called Mothers, Daughters and Body Image by um, Hillary McBride. And it's blowing mm-hmm. my mind. Um, she talks about how, uh, like some crazy statistic, like <clears throat> 89% or something, I'm, I'm, I'm ruining it, but some crazy high statistic of women hate the way they look. Um, but when she dug further into that statistic, what she found out is there's actually a, a decent handful of women who, who actually love the way that they look, they love their bodies, whatever. But what but when they're asked, they feel shame and they say, yeah, yeah, I hate my body too, because they think if they admit to loving themselves, they will be considered unrelatable by other women. And we would rather be able to connect with each other than tell the truth. Um, and it's just like, oh my goodness. I mean, so many things in this. Yeah. It's, it's so many things in this Ugh. book. Yeah. I mean, I'm even thinking about, um, Jocelyn and the experiences that she had with her parents um, and the way that they would discuss food around her or suggest eating one thing Mm -hmm. over another. And the reality is, I'm sure that those things were done in love, 
but like uh, what Jocelyn heard and felt when those things were told to her was just shame and and taking on this identity of, of being mm. fat. Um, and in this book, she talks a lot about how, you know, the title is Mothers, Daughters, and Body Image. And she talks a lot about how um, you can't be a perfect parent, but you can be a good enough parent. And, um, and the way that we, I think, Leslie, something you, you mentioned made me think of this because you said the best thing that I can do is, is discover who I am and love myself. And like, that's the best thing we can do as parents, because our children are going to learn so much more by, from the way that we love ourselves than the way that we speak to them. Like my mom and I actually heard this book together. And she said to me, Mm. I don't think I was ever critical with you about your weight or anything, was I? And I said, no, you were always very encouraging. But what stuck with me more was the way you would talk about yourself. Like, oh, I don't like my, my flabby arms or my, my jeans mm-hmm. are too tight or I need to get rid of this, this gut. Like that affected me so yeah. much more than the way that you would speak Absolutely. to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I'm just thinking about this and thinking about my role as a mother and how I can, you know, speak to Mel. And I'm thinking about this book and I'm hearing you, Leslie, and this is just, this is just so many yeah. layers deep. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So many good things. So good. Yeah. Uh, as I've been processing recently, just through some really hard um, pains from my past, um, I was meeting with a counselor and he was saying, um, like, basically, okay, so like a definition of like how a pain can like be redeemed is that the outcome makes the pain worth like having. Mm-hmm. Um and so he was encouraging me. I have I've felt really stuck and just like mourning what these things uh, like these things that have happened to me. And so he was like, "Go back, and you need to like find the redemption in these situations." And um, I so I a couple weeks ago I went with Jelly and Libby to the Rachel Hollis documentary and theaters or whatever and she was talking about like her past pains and how um basically like she came to this point where she was like I went through that like I went through this and this and this and I'm an effing warrior Mm -hmm. and that like just I feel like it like shattered everything for me and I was like yes like I'm who I am and I am like a stronger person because of these Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. and it sucks. Like our past, our pains, they suck. But even just going off of what you said, Jill, um, like how we can then instill things into our kids. And um, as you're talking, Jocelyn, about your baby girl in the other room, mm-hmm. like you have lived through these pains of um, even just how your parents handled things. And you're mm-hmm. a warrior. And yeah. you have this opportunity now to shape your little girl and shape her perception of beauty and of body image. Mm. And not that that takes away like anything that happened to you, but I I'm guessing that it makes it a little bit more worth it knowing that you now know how to better handle Speak her. Yeah. You know? Yes. yes Cassie. Mm. Cassie. Preach I am it. just clapping and snapping. Yeah. 
Yes. Oh, so good. So good. Man, yes. And that's like any anything that we experienced in our past. And and so many of us mm-hmm. as women probably had some experience with body image, just like like you, Jocelyn. So I'm I'm so thankful that you are addressing that for us because I'm just so certain that almost any woman reading this just can can relate in some way um, with something in her past and like how do we how do we use that to to better ourselves and to better the mm-hmm. people in our sphere of influence um, mm-hmm. man so good yeah I'm- also I'm really sorry that your brother said that to you like yeah. can we just for a second mm-hmm. like that sucks well and like mm-hmm. I was gonna say yeah. what stands out to me is I mean she said nobody had a a conversation with her about anything other than that, like helping her find her identity aside Mm -hmm. from, Mm -hmm. you know, feeling like she's fat and her parents not saying anything, like Mm -hmm. not stepping in Mm -hmm. and defending her when her brother acted like that. It just, I, it makes me want to work with little girls. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? Because man, like yeah, yeah, yeah. We mm-hmm. so just believe the adults around us at that age, so hardcore. And if they're being passive, you know, why would she have any reason to believe that there's anything more to her than what they're, you know, the only thing that they're talking to her about, which is like, don't eat that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. And that's why I think these conversations are so important because the reality is that that was a hurt that was passed down from generations. Like, and, and if you don't take a second to, to admit the ways that your parents loved you well and to admit the ways that they were, that they hurt you or affected you in a negative way, if you don't take the time to really like just embrace both of those things you're just going to continue to pass it down mm. to the next generations because all it is is mm. hurt people hurting people and sad mm-hmm. people, um, sad people wanting unintentionally uh, wanting others to be sad as well. Like it's just, what is that expression? Misery, misery wants company. Or anyway, yeah. yeah. So, and so that's why I love these conversations. And um, I think sometimes people feel guilty when they, when they reflect on the ways that their parents affected them, but it, we're not we're not calling them terrible parents. Um, we're just saying they were imperfect, just like I will be imperfect. But I'm gonna, you know, research and development. I'm gonna take what happened to me and I'm gonna develop it further um, to break these chains mm-hmm. for the generations after me. So I just think this is just. I mean, again, Jocelyn, I just think this is so awesome yes. and so brave and mm-hmm. so important. Yes. Okay. I uh, I was at a. I've been doing some trauma therapy, and I was with my counselor this past weekend, and we were talking about some different traumas, and and she said, you know, all of this is just research and development. You're taking what happened to you, and allowing it to develop who you are into something better. And when I look at it like that, it's so much less of this like victim 
oh, this happened to me and I'm, I'm this wounded little puppy on the, in the corner. Like, not that there can't be moments where I feel that way, that's fine. Mm. But when I look at it, like research and development, like how did that affect me and what am I doing with it now? Like I'm a mm-hmm. effing warrior because those things happened to me mm-hmm. and I'm developing greater than I could have ever without those things. Um, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, it's pretty awesome. So just adding on to what you just said, Jelly, um, I, I think I, I like being around people who have been through shit and have grown through it. Um, people that take those experiences and allow it to mold them into people that they would have wanted to look up to um, when they were young. And so I think like maybe what you're meaning to say, or just to add on to that, um, is just that, you know, not that it like makes you a better person or like that it, um, makes you develop better than people who have, um, not been through as much hardships in life, but just that, um, I think people, I think anybody who's been through that kind of thing and has grown through it could all possibly like relate to this idea that man, yes, like it did help me become a more um, well-rounded person because I grew through it. Um, And that's cool to Mm -hmm. see. And it's cool to hear those stories. And I think, you know, we talk about this all the time. Like those are the kinds of stories that we latch onto and we root for those people because, you know, we know that they've been mm-hmm. through it and um, even more so when they can, you know, like this, just, just share their story with the world so that other people can learn from it too. Um, yeah. So I don't know if that like makes sense, but. Yeah, totally. Thank yeah. you. Yep. 100%. I think something else that really sucks about this is that like, her brothers are speaking out of insecurity and ignorance and because of it their relationship still sucks like yeah that's just I mean it sounds like a stupid word but that's like such a bummer like that things like that people can be painted for the stupid immature things they say when they're young you know like, that's why I, like, cringe when I think of myself, like, basically before the age of 28. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, who have I – I I feel like I feel like this all the time. Like, who have I unintentionally hurt just because I was stupid or insecure or whatever? Um, and to think that, like, somebody could be sharing a story like this because of something I've said or because of something my husband said a decade ago. Mm. Like, that's just – I hate that. Mm. like it just sucks all around I do think the like the hope like the hopeful side of that though is kind of you know what Jocelyn's doing and and having that introspection um she's able to sorry guys she's able to adjust from the hurt that she experienced whereas um let's say for example maybe her brothers haven't taken the time to be introspective about the way that their parents hurt them and maybe they haven't grown 
and they will continue to hurt. Um, so, so that's what, that's what I, like, I totally get what you're saying, Libby, but you are a very introspective person and you are constantly wanting to grow. So Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean we're not going to keep hurting people, but I think, um, you know, the hope is that we would hurt less and, and not in the same ways that we would have 10 years ago, at least because we're developing, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? I think I just want to encourage to anybody who is listening, who has been through something, doesn't really matter what, I hope I, that comes across right, but it doesn't really matter what it is. But if you've been through something that has left you feeling defined as something mm-hmm. that makes you feel like you are mm-hmm. less than, um, I just want to give encouragement and hope to you that you can heal from that. And, um, I mean, obviously I'm biased, Mm. but like there is counseling out there, um, you know, specifically (laughs) trauma counseling. If you really want to start talking about the way that the brain is impacted by these types of emotional abuse, um, I just want to encourage you. I mean, it, it, I think it would be so easy to just kind of say, oh, that happened so long ago. Like, I just need to get over it and just live my life because I'm not there anymore. But your brain still is there and it needs to heal. So, um, yeah, I just wanted, mm-hmm. I feel like that needed to be said too. You guys, thank you so much for joining us in this. Um, we just want to let you know how much of an honor it is that you would trust us um, with topics like this and be so vulnerable with us. Um, yeah, we love this stuff uh, and we encourage anybody out there who could relate today or um, if it sparked thoughts of a different topic, um, we would love to hear from you. Um, write to us at sincerelyuspodcast at gmail.com. And thanks so much. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Bye. Bye. I can be-